Inshallah, I would like to welcome to the podcast a very special guest of ours, a recurring guest. Alhamdulillah, my dear beloved Sheikh Muhammad Yafa from Halifax. Welcome to the program, Sheikh. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah khairan. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Sheikh Jazamakhar, I know you're very busy with the time difference. Uh, you know, this is a very busy time for you, especially with Maghrib, breaking the fast, uh, Aisha, you know, all the ibadat that we're trying to squeeze in. Uh, so I really appreciate you making the time uh, to spend with us. We always benefit uh, from you uh, anytime you're a guest uh, for the podcast. And alhamdulillah. So um, your episode with us is the most viewed episode right now. So alhamdulillah, you know, we, um, we always want to have you on as a recurring guest, inshallah. Now, Sheikh, since we last uh, spoke, uh, your community has suffered a pretty big tragedy. And uh, it's basically the biggest massacre that has faced Canada ever. And uh, this was uh, on uh, just this past weekend, correct, Sheikh? Yeah, about two weekends ago. Pardon? Two weekends ago. Yes, about there. Okay. So um, now, uh, apparently, uh, the details uh, of this are, you know, over, you know, almost over a period of a day uh, that this rampage took place. It claimed the life of 22 innocent Canadians. Uh, this particular individual uh, was driving around in uh, in multiple vehicles. One of them, for sure, was replica police vehicles, RCMP vehicles. It seems like he had some type of RCMP uniform. He was dressed up like an RCMP officer uh, and he gave the appearance of um, uh, of a police officer at least. And um, uh, yeah, he, he went, there's uh, I believe 16 uh, sites that they were investigating. So 16 crime scenes that they were investigating. So this, took place over not only a big period of time, I think like 13, 14 hours, but also uh, over big space as well. So you're very familiar um, with this area. This is in your backyard. Can you give us an assessment of um, what is what information you've been given as a community? What happened? Uh, why was there such a long time for alerts to go out and for the police to be able to react, the RCMP to be able to react uh, properly? Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Wa salatu wa rasulillah. Just like you mentioned, this is a tragedy and uh, the magnitude of it is one that Canada has never seen, uh, which speaks to the peaceful nature of this country, but especially for this to happen not in uh, Toronto, Montreal, but in Halifax, not to say that it should happen in those places, but with mm-hmm. the um, number of people that reside in those big cities like Vancouver and so on, you would think if something is happening, you think it, it will happen there. Uh, the, the likelihood is more there than in, play, in a place like um, uh, Halifax. But um, uh, it shows also because that Porta Peak is a very small community, it's a correct? Small community. It's a very small community behind another small community behind another small community, really. Yeah. So um, it's it's past the airport, and um, if you've been to Halifax, past the airport, 
go the other way instead of coming towards Halif towards the, the, the city of Halifax. Uh, but but his um, his rampage and his um, uh, mobility came not too far from the airport. The next exit after the airport, which is Elmsdale, uh, he mm. came all around that area. And um, okay. the, the big stop that's mentioned is not too far. It's about one or two exits after that, where he had the, the, the encounter with the police, where he fell. Um, so it, it, is, it is pretty um, scary and uh, surreal. And um, everybody was surprised. And we thought in the beginning that he was in custody. And um, they said the victims were not, the number of the victims wasn't, wasn't mentioned. So we were hoping it was maybe somebody injured. And when we knew that it was this number of people, they said in the beginning, you know, the numbers kept going up, going up. And it took every single person by surprise. Um, everybody was scared. And yeah, had, when they were start, first started the reports coming out, it was yeah. like uh, 10, 11 victims. And then now it ended up with 22. 22. 22 people yeah. killed. And not including the gunman, of course, you include the gunman, that's 23 people, yeah. but 20, yeah. he killed 22 people. Including an RCMP officer, right? Yes, yes, yeah. including an RCMP or some yeah. officer. How this happened, I think, I don't know very well how the investigation go. I have no clue. But with this being the first time happening in a place like Nova Scotia, I believe it took the RCMP itself by surprise. It took mm -hmm. the whole law enforcement by big surprise. And I believe the fact that everybody is indoors also helped him because there are no eyewitnesses to say, I saw somebody passing around having a gun and he was yes. going into houses. He's not meeting people outside and shooting. So people are not running and shouting for, you know, to call attention and create a spectacle. So he would so go this into- This was basically the perfect storm for him to be able to cause this much havoc. That's right. Having That's right. everyone indoors. That's right. This is a sleepy, neighborhood you know a uh, a neighborhood that's not used to probably yeah. a very high crime rate people yeah. let their guard down they yeah. don't expect someone like this yeah. if it was to happen maybe it would just be restricted within one household yeah. but yeah. then to go around from house to house yeah. yeah this is unexpected so i think in that sense yes um there is an excuse probably for this lack of reaction time but do you feel that uh systematically or systemically there was an issue with preparedness that they could have been a little bit more responsive because for example sheikh like we get amber alerts okay if mm -hmm. a single child is kidnapped and that is like a forced you know message that is received on your phone at any mm -hmm. hour of the night any hour of the day so yeah. in a situation like this why wasn't something like that utilized because the existing infrastructure is there right like we're finding this out in piecemeal afterwards obviously mm -hmm. like um what ended up happening i don't know is there any do you have any thoughts in regards to that well well i think you see um the the police i, I have no idea when the police got the information that people are dying because if he had gone to houses and killing people and leaving nobody alive to to make the call and driving in a police vehicle, so he really was masked. Yes. So when the police knew, I totally agree that when the police knew they should have alerted people that there was an active shooter going around. And um, um, 
but maybe because this is the this is the one of the earliest times they have ever been forced to use this system uh, put them into that place where they they, they, they they didn't do what they were supposed to do otherwise the RCMP is a renowned force to that they will capture their man uh, but yes. this one they captured this one very very late and I just yes. hope that they do a thorough investigation not only of the of the murder and the crime that happened but also as to what happened in the response process so we are able the whole country is able to learn from this and really utilize the knowledge uh, that will not bring the, the, the dead people back and it will not erase the sorrow of the people who have gone through losing their loved ones but this should be a huge learning uh, for uh, for us and I see that they are very very um, active in many places like uh, if, if I have driven by RCMP offices seeing I have with no good reason I got stopped and of course I would just drive you while black I got stopped yes. one time. Not How long ago was this? How long um, ago was well, this? Well, the last time I got stopped was in Dartmouth, which was yeah. across, uh, a, a, and I was just driving and somebody just called the police saying that somebody was driving slowly in the neighborhood and I was looking for an address. Mm -hmm. I don't know how fast they wanted me to go. And the, yes. <laughs> and the officers came and got me. And the other time I was driving from Moncton, coming back, we were in a caravan. And... Um, yeah. Um, they stopped us, me and my family, and we asked yeah. them why they didn't give us good. So it happens here a lot. Every any black person can tell you that they have been stopped on the highway. The last time I got stopped on the highway actually was in uh, in February. I yeah. was driving from a place called Digby, and then yes. the officer stopped stopped me. So that happens. Uh, that ha happens a lot. I hope they are that vigilant also, right? To to crimes yeah. that are more that are more serious. Yeah, you know? I you know I find that ironic because. You know, in um, if you look at pop culture or um, you know what's popularized, everyone tries to act black, you know, until they get stopped by the police. Then you try to act as white as possible, whatever yeah, yeah. that is. Oh, definitely, right? I know how. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Very real, and you can yeah. your current and you follow yeah. every instruction and talk very nicely. <laughs> yeah, and you know what I think. You know, things like this should give us time to pause and, and reflect on um, on our humanity, I think, is is a big one. that Because obviously a tragedy like this should be able to bring us together. But I think we should look at the deeper, greater uh, lessons in a tragedy like this. Because a lot of times people will utilize tragedies uh, to serve their own end, right? And I think we spoke about this uh, previously before, how politicians like to utilize you know different type of uh, stressful events or whatever uh, uh, for their own end so for example if you look at this particular individual um, it seems from the reports uh, that are at my disposal that he was really enamored with uh, police memorabilia RCMP memorabilia he was a collector so he collected uh, he went to the, you know, the auctions where they sell the old police cars. He bought old police cars. He bought the decals for the old police cars. He had old police uniforms. Um, in his graduation uh, picture, I don't know if you've seen that uh, going around. So in his graduation picture, uh, they said about him, can you believe this? Um, in 86, in 1986, it says, Gabe's future may include being an RCMP officer. Oh, wow. Okay. And his picture is beside him. So Gabriel Wartman, 
says, oh, his future looks like it's, uh, it would be an RCMP officer. So here you have somebody who is completely uh, enamored. You know, he's, uh, com- uh, you know, he's completely obsessed with police culture. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, see, I, what I really don't like, Sheikh, and I think we've discussed this in the past, is I really don't like identity politics, and I don't re- really don't like a superficial assessment or analysis of situations. Just you take just superficial things, or you you use you take superficial uh, aspects of anything, and then you weaponize it for your own interests, right? Yeah. So to say that this guy is a mass murderer inherently because he's white or if he's because he's inherently a male or if he's inherently because he's like police culture is like this because obviously he's he's smitten with it okay he's obsessed with police culture okay Mm -hmm. he's he's absolutely uh, obsessed so so now what we say oh police culture is violent and then so now you say okay the police in of itself is wrong do you understand what i'm saying yes the police can do wrong things like for example uh, being racist with you driving while black and i've experienced things growing up but at the same time, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, myself, I've turned to the police when we've needed them for something. Okay, and I'm sure uh, if something were to happen to you, you would t- turn to the police, right? So how do we move beyond this uh, and to actually get to the heart? Because if we want to make like anybody who is part of any identity group can do this, and we we're the biggest victim of that. Okay, as yeah. Muslims, we're the biggest victim. As somebody who is black and Muslim and male, you're a big victim and a practicing Muslim, yeah. uh, a visually apparent Muslim. You're a, uh, you're a victim to this mischaracterization, okay? Yeah. Because if we want to pull out stats, if we want to look at this any way we want to, to manipulate it, we can say, oh, listen, it's because he's white and male. This is why uh, uh, he did this. Mm-hmm. That is not a reason. No. You, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just like being Muslim is is not a reason. You know what I mean? If you look at the reasoning uh, that set him off, like, you know, that if we can just look at the initial reports, oh, he had a fight with his girlfriend. It was it had to do with this relationship between um, uh, a woman. OK, we have other uh, if you look at the history of multiple murders in Canada, you can identify that. Right. You can look at Alex Manassian, the guy who ran over all those people in mm-hmm. Toronto uh, because like he had this um, animosity towards uh, women uh, if you look at um, uh, the shooting in uh, there's a shooting in Edmonton in, in 2017, December 29th. Uh, this uh, man he had a, a argument with his ex-wife or his whatever he killed uh, her and uh, her family. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at uh, the previous largest mass shooting in Montreal, okay, uh, in 1989, uh, he went. Uh, this guy killed 14 people because. Uh, he said he was fighting these feminists, okay? Mm-hmm. So one could say, oh, it's because of this, right? Now this is the reason, okay? Mm-hmm. All these white men are going crazy because of white women, okay? But again, it's I feel that you're not getting to the heart of the matter. You're not actually getting, and and when when we do this, when we're too easy on somebody like him, and maybe we're too hard on like uh, on Muslims uh, who, who who do certain things, and when you look at a Muslim, you characterize them in a different way. And when you look at somebody like this, oh, you know, he was an alcoholic. Oh, he was in depression. 
uh, oh, he was just obsessed with this. He had a fight with his girlfriend. It set him off. You know what I mean? But he was such a good person. And then you humanize this person. So you can see the humanity in him and the people around him. You know, there are there are Muslims who have nothing to do with what's, what what maybe a, a Muslim may have done. But forget about their whole family. The whole community, a person who's never met him now is also guilty. You know what I mean? So, Sheikh, how do we move beyond this? Because well, I think you are such at such a good position to to to, to speak about this because, because again you've dealt with racism you've dealt with Islamophobia you've dealt with all sorts of ignorance not only on this country but you know we've had conversations you've had to deal with that in other countries that's right yeah right so how are we going to move beyond this well that's a very hard question but it's in the core of everything we need to really think about. Because as you are talking about Muslims, when a Muslim commits a crime, it's like they do it in an Islamically specific way, right? Yes. Like a crime, this crime is Islamic. And people go after the Quran, they go after the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they go after all Muslim nations, they go after everybody. They have, they have even gone after Sikhs because they have, because they have turbans and they, they think they are Muslims. So it becomes... It doesn't stop at just characterization of people as being violent, but also they get re Muslims get returned violence for something that they have not done as as persons. So uh, the reaction is always different. And the the term if 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 the person's name is Muhammad, terrorism comes first at the top of the list of um, of uh, the the aim uh, of the goals before before anything else. Uh, yes. So um, everybody is giving the uh, the the the, the the benefit Muslims are given the doubt all the time. We know we know that for sure. And like they say, people join the, the the armed forces. Some say it's for three reasons. One is maybe for family. You know, your father was, so you are going to be. And others go. They are looking for a job. And some some are finding some are finding some license to kill. And if he was always going to be a, a RCMP, an RCMP officer, probably this is the kind that was looking for a license to kill. And, and when he didn't join the RCMP, uh, he found a way anyway to, to uh, masquerade himself as an RCMP officer and, and to go around and just shoot innocent people and massacre them mm -hmm. over a long period of time and got away with it. Because that is why we pray, we, we thank Allah SWT that there is a hereafter. Because if you kill one person, if you kill 22 people and they kill you as one person, it's not done. You are responsible mm. for 22 lives, and the other mm. 21 lives, Allah subhanahu wa is going to take them out of you in the hereafter. That's what we believe, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it's a hard thing really to 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 swallow, and to go to go beyond this is is hard because you know society has been fed language and society has been fed perspective, right? If mm -hmm. you put if you put the word black man, and and you look into there is actually surveys that have been done that wherever black man is put, there is the words that come after it is um, violent, uh, poor, um, very excited, things like that. And white mm -hmm. man comes with successful job, rich, and so on. So sometimes you mm -hmm. see an RCMP officer actually stopping you. Mm -hmm. this, this would be a very good person, but he has been fed all through his life this, uh, this, um, these languages associated with your own person. So it's deeply ingrained within society. The, mm -hmm. the racism and the 
the treatment, the maltreatment of people, it is everywhere, my brother, every single place you go, where you work, where you buy your groceries, the place where you go to get your, to get your, 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 your treatment, uh, when people talk to you in your neighborhood, uh, when you walk with people, the media on the street, uh, people put their heads down in the neighborhood where you should be saying hello, or other people go overboard to say hello, or people make terminologies when you start standing in the, they say words and sentences when you're standing in the, in the, in the, in the park. I was on the park one day uh, playing and we were in the shade and somebody just passed and made lots of comments about shade and heat and all of that. And I said, he said, well, you come from a hotter place, so you should not be thinking about the heat. I say, yeah, it's hot, but we still seek shade there, just like I'm mm -hmm. doing here. It's not like when it comes mm -hmm. when it's hot, we go out and jumping and say, oh God, it's hot. So people, people, yeah. people are fed this. So it's it to go yeah. beyond, I think it takes a, a real fundamental um, re-education of, of society and understanding mm -hmm. that being a man doesn't mean inherently, inherently bad or being a white person doesn't mean you are inherently bad. And, uh, and to change the language, I'm really tired and frustrated with these uh, movies that are showing black people as pathetic or as if the history of Africa started with slavery and everybody's looking mm. at you like want to feel so sorry for you. There is mm. so much, that's why when Black Panther came out, like people yeah. are just saying, this is the kind I want to see, stop showing things that, that, that make people feel sorry for me. I don't want that I, because yeah. I'm poor. And you know, in the last time when we had these lectures, my, my, my talk was 800 years before, before slavery right mm. and so on and so forth and islam with in, in in africa that the africans came with in in this part of the world so this is a this is a huge question you've asked how do we move beyond this it takes re-education um yeah. and this word you, successful you, we have to redefine what is successful because this guy you is know, really you know what Sheikh? uh yeah. uh i i feel um and i want to get your insight on this i feel human beings like we we like to uh, as a survival mechanism or uh you know we, it's like you you put shortcuts so for example you know your your keyboard can have shortcuts you put a shortcut or like you 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 can put in um in text you know you'll say omw and it's like means on my way so it's a shortcut okay so i feel that um as a certain um survival mechanism or through human history we have this built within us that um, we want to just to be able to put things in categories very quickly so we don't have to think about it too much. So this person, okay, he's uh, he's inferior to me. Okay, this person, he's superior to me. Oh, this person's a threat. This person is a threat. How do I do that? I don't have the time or energy to assess what he's saying, what they're truly are about. Uh, you know what? What's like the you know the 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 trueness of their character? I'm just gonna look at the superficial assessment. Okay, I'm gonna put them in this box very quickly because I don't have time to do this. Okay, but what is that? That is a thinking that our Rasul told us is a thinking of jahiliya, asabiya. Uh, so tribalism, racism is a thinking of jahiliya. Islam is here to intellectually also elevate us. Not only spiritually elevate us, because obviously we, we, we're going to be spiritually elevated, become closer and connected to Allah SWT, but it's like, I don't recognize you. You're a completely different complexion from my tribe, what I'm used to. And I associate your tribe with danger, 
And so when I see you automatically, I'm going to have this antagonistic relationship with you. And I'm going to treat you in a completely different way. But Islam came to overcome Jahiliyyah. It came to overcome Asabiya. It came to um, tell you in the last khutbah of Rasul that no Arab is better than a non-Arab. No white is better than black. Like, you're not better. This is not a way how you assess people. You're better in terms of righteousness. You're better in terms of your actual track record. You know, it's a much more meritocratic assessment of an individual, right? Rather than just allocating somebody, okay, I'm going to trust this person because um, they're white and they look this way and, uh, you know, they have this uh, type of job. We know some of the most heinous crimes were done by people who were very highly educated, uh, looked the part. They looked the part and they may have even talked the part. But some of the most heinous crimes, as for example, this person, he had patience. People gave glowing reviews about him. They loved him. You know, uh, he came to people, did house calls, fixed the person's te uh, you know, teeth. He's a denturist. So I truly believe that uh, the, you know, this Islamic idea of taking people out of jahiliyyah, you know, because uh, you would be surprised, Sheikh. I have sat down with people who are uh, professionals and not only professionals, they are known to be at the top of their profession. They're known to be like educators in their profession. This is, they're well-respected. Their opinions hold weight. And you sit with them. And I sat with this particular individual and I said that, uh, are people born evil? Are people born evil? And he was agreeing with that. He's like, yeah, there are people that are born evil. Like, you know, it's like, a baby, I said, I said, a baby would be evil. Are you saying a baby is born evil? And I said, my concept is no, because we believe in fitrah. Everybody is born on fitrah. Everybody is born innocent. Everybody is born on um, on the deen of Allah SWT. And then, as you said, Sheikh, society changes your perspective. If you take a white, like if you take a bunch, if you take a white four or five year old kid and a black four or five year old kid, you think they're going to start fighting with each other because they're a different race? Of course not. Right? Right? Are they going to start fighting with each other and say, because you are, I can, I can tell within my, my own instinct, because you look this way that you are my enemy. They don't treat each other like that. Right? It's, it's the perspective that gets built in. Whatever happened with this particular individual, he made a decision. And for us now as a, almost like, we don't want to think about it too much, right? Because then maybe we have to question our own habits and character. Maybe we have to question society, Sheikh. Maybe we have to actually question society. Like, these are the values that society has, and this is maybe what uh, allowed this person to make these types of decisions, right? But now, just to make a superficial assessment, this person did it because he's a he's he's an Islamic terrorist. This person did this because, oh, they're uh, a white male. You understand what I'm saying, Sheikh? So... What do you? What are your thoughts on that? Well, you made so many points there. Um, starting, <laughs> yeah, starting with um, with society, I think um, we we have the we have to really come to terms with our characterization of what success is. Yes. You know, Allah Taala says in the Quran, "Ladina yu'minuna bil ghaybi wa yuqimuna salat wa mimma razaqnahum yufikun, wa ladina yu'minuna bima unzila ilayk wa unzila min qablika wa bil akhiratum yufikun, ulaika ala huda min rabbi ulaika min muflihun." He described who's successful. Right, somebody who has a belief in the unseen and connects with his his or, or her creator and spends and cares for people 
you know, and, and belief in the prophet, these are the successful. And not only success in the hereafter, success in the dunya, because their heart gets content, contentment. Mm -hmm. And people are pursuing happiness, which is just an illusion, instead of pursuing contentment. No matter how much, because you don't know where happiness lies. Is it in money? Is it in fame? Is it in career? What is it in, right? This man had everything, had lands, had properties, had career, had clients, had reviews, like you said, had so many things. So they characterized him just by having, by possessing, said successful. So possession has become success, which is the wrong characterization of what success is. If you're if you if you are bankrupt spiritually, you're really not anywhere near success. And this is a proof for us that people should really return to their creator, to their soul. And for you to develop your soul, you have to go to the one who understands your soul. Just like for you to maintain your car, which is very simple to make because everybody makes car today. Japan does, Korea does, Canada does, everybody does, America does. So it becomes simple thing around the world. But you still consult your manual which is not a complicated thing, but the soul which we don't understand, every proud person is saying, I don't need a God to tell me what to do with my soul, when you don't understand your soul. But for your car, you, you, you have to ask, where do I put water, where do I put oil? So we have to really redefine what success is because we are mis misnaming what success is. That is one point. The other point is this stereotypical view of people, simplistic way of describing people just by seeing their their color, their skin color, their accent, and characterizing them as being as being in a box, right? Once we have that, which society teaches us, and like you said, nobody is born like that, and people use that when they're in a hurry, because I don't have the time. See, the mind is like a map, right? Like, mm -hmm. you haven't been Japan, to Japan. I, you didn't tell me that you've been to Japan, right? And I have not been to Japan. But you have your Japan in your mind, because the, the mind cannot allow those those gaps. I have my Japan in yeah. my mind. The day I will yeah. land in Japan, I will see something different, but I cannot go without having some Japan in my mind. So the, yeah. when, when we don't know much about people, we draw that map, which is ignorant, which Rasulullah mm -hmm. told us about. That is in our mind. And when we are in a hurry, or we are angry, or we are anxious, we use that stereotypical view to treat them. Right? Mm. The moment you see somebody in your neighborhood that you don't know, you don't know much about, you think, oh, something's wrong, then your mind goes, goes straight to the things that you've been he hearing, and then you stereotype them and get the police or get your gun or do something about it. Right? That is why Allah SWT tells us in the Quran, it said, verify. Mm. That is the base of everything, verify. Before you take the first step, verify. So you don't affect people ignorantly and then you become regretful, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm not a racist. I'm sorry I did that, right? Without verifying. So um, it's, it's very important for, I think you made very important point, points there that we should take our time and go. If everybody, Muslim or non-Muslim really, see... Like you mentioned the last sermon of Rasulullah the Prophet Muhammad, just go read those words. Every leader, every great person who has read those words sincerely has said something great about those words. Mm -hmm. Just read them as a human being. You don't have to be a Muslim. Right? How to treat each other, how to treat women, how to look at one another, right? what to care for. So um, we are in, the, in this situation where we really need to return to our to, to spirit, 
But again, when I say return to spirit, you can't you can't devise your own way about your spirit. Everybody is saying, I'm spiritual, I'm spiritual. Yet we are all. But you can't devise your own way because you cannot devise your own car. You cannot put water where where um, uh, oil needs to go just because it is your car. Because if you do that, your car won't run. But because it's your soul, which you don't understand, you, under, you know less about your soul than you know about your car, but you think you can do with your soul what you want. If we want to know how our soul should be guided, we should go to the divine guidance. That is the only source, because nobody can tell you what the soul is except the one who created it. Yes. Like, uh, uh, you know some people, uh, uh, you were mentioning that you may know some people within the community that were directly affected by this? Y yes, I am uh, I'm a member of um, a, an organization here. Uh, it's, uh, it's called the... Um, the Atlantic Christian Learning Center, Starmagwish Center, I've done, I do, I do a lot of training with them and I've trained in some things there as well. And uh, one of the old board members, uh, his um, uh, stepdaughter was one of the victims of, uh, of this uh, tragedy and uh, so many other victims and uh, broadly also some other people that I'm working with, doing education with, they have um, their broad, their extended family members were, were victims of this uh, this uh, tragedy, uh, which is um, um, it's really sad, because um, and I'm happy the way in a way the way the news handled it this time because they are showing the victims instead of mm -hmm. the, the 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 perpetrator. Um, usually they they show that person talk about about him so much that people yeah. forget that there are victims here, but uh, there was some kind of balance that was put there this time. And I'm going to tell you something that that happened. I don't know if I'm diver if I'm going out of line here. A couple of days ago, there was the rumor of uh, a, an active shooter going around, and we got the alarms on our phones. Uh, some roads were blocked, so mm. it turned out to be a false alarm. Yes. So like we were saying in the beginning, probably this, this, the the police has learned that, you know, yeah. when there is some news about this, they should alert people so people take their yeah. own precautions, right? So they're yeah. more hypersensitive now. Yeah, well, that's the other thing, right? From one extreme to the other. Yeah, but yes, yes it was tragic. And um, it was close to some of my friends as well uh, in that area. I have a friend in a place called uh, Kenneth Cook, which is not too far from where this happened. And, they, and um, um, they were all vigilant. They were all afraid. Until this man was killed, everybody was wondering, wondering how far was killing going to go. Yeah. How, how do they feel now? How, how are people feeling now? I, I think people are people are really trying to settle down with this and they're trying to analyze it. Uh, could people have seen um, signs of, of disturbance that this person was going through? Uh, but with the, with the, individualis the individualism that we exist in, everybody's in their big houses alone and going mm -hmm. to job, going to their jobs looking like everything is in place. Who would know, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. um, People live alone, and that's that's in itself is a risk factor. It's yeah. a risk factor, right? Everybody is living alone. Who who knows what's going on in your life? And you show up in the morning, and you have to smile, but who knows what's behind those smiles, right? And looking yeah. professional. What is that? Yeah. What is that? Yeah. In fact, instead of just being human, we think it's so much about professional, you know, following rules that are not divine and that don't sometimes are meaningless. Really, I'm yeah. meaningless. Being professional sometimes is just a meaningless concept for nothing. It brings, it doesn't take you here or there, and we're forgetting the human behind that professionalism. So, do you feel, do you feel society almost forces people 
to live a double life like in front of people you can't show how you really feel or you you have to walk on eggshells so to speak and then behind the scenes you could be feeling behaving and thinking some things that are completely different you know what i mean so like especially now we live in a very politically correct or call out type of culture where you have to appear a certain way and you can't even um challenge people's stereotypes because it's so well hidden you know what i mean it might just come out in their in instances in their personal life or it just it's bubbling underneath and it just explodes all of a sudden right so you know if this maybe i don't know if internally mentally there was some type of struggle with this particular individual hindsight is 2020 you can like scrutinize everything mm-hmm. but as you said like are we so um insulated from one another and we just put on this face that a lot of people are living this double life because how many times now sheikh do we see this i never expected this from this person you know i never saw this coming i never uh sensed this at, at all but then it's like sheikh like what 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 how do people greet each other how are you doing oh i'm doing good that's a default that imagine if somebody said to say, i'm not doing very well Ooh, okay hold on for a second here like too much information i didn't really care how you're doing you know like what isn't do you think that's a factor sheikh a, a big time okay i think i think we all we all know i was i read a book long time ago uh, it's called the masks we wear so we yes. really everybody wears a mask to go to work wears another mask to come to to come home um um society tells us that um we don't care about what's going on in your life we care about what will make you productive at work mm-hmm. so you have to come with that mask here if you have your problems go to the doctor don't come to me everything is a professional does everything family doesn't friend doesn't you know colleagues don't nobody wants to listen to that you have have a problem please don't waste my time we're here to produce go see the doctor go see somebody else that's a huge factor in everything that's going on today and the neglect the neglecting of, of right so people can just um live uh, individual lives um there's no family because if you have family somebody will have to say okay something is wrong here two three four especially if the family is large right somebody would would suspect something but if you're living alone with so much and especially if you have amassed everything that you need my brother like you have the cars you have the land you have the job you have everything then you go now what now what really so this emptiness just resides in if you don't have a, a scripture to read you don't have a god to talk to you you're talking to yourself you have all of these things nobody's congratulating you nobody's giving you kudos nobody's telling you anything everybody's living their lives the person that shows you the most care as soon as they leave you they have a little headache you don't exist any longer right yes. so um people feel this isolation it's an individualistic system which feeds into so into into capitalism uh, is here and um i'm i'm very very sad to say this is just one thing this is not the end the end of it um this is not the end of it um yeah you know i pray that it never happens again I yes. pray that never I pray that uh, I pray that I'm proven wrong I sincerely pray to Allah that it never happens again but um that will be the surprise and yeah I think you know it's it, it is very important and our deen emphasizes this yeah. the um the access to trust somebody and be vulnerable to somebody else yeah. you know obviously we need to connect firstly with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be like 
open our heart to Allah, make dua to Allah, whatever we are dealing with internally in turmoil. But also, Shaykh Ar Rasul told us Adina Nasiha. And one of the rights that a Muslim has on one another is that if I want advice from you, Shaykh, I need advice from you, it is my right upon you that you give me advice. Like, I want you to think about it. It is so important. It is so important, Sheikh. It must be such deep meaning and reasoning behind it. Because without me being able to connect with somebody and be able to say, hey, am I going crazy? Like, I, am I right on this one? Am I feeling okay? Like, I need somebody to, you know, because when you're by yourself, shaitan can just pump you full of all these types of thoughts and ideas and completely make your logic completely skewed. You know, murder can seem like no big deal. You know, murder can be like uh, like like a nothing, and jealousy can be like a huge, huge thing. That's you know, right. as in the case as in the case with uh, Yusuf Alayhisalam, right? So uh, that ability to be and we can whether it's society at large or our own community, I find that it is so difficult for us to go to one another and seek sincere advice, open our hearts up, seek advice, and people put in the time and effort and care to give you that advice. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a big area. Um, if you want advice, they say go to the specialist. And um, many people, uh, it's, many people don't, don't trust that their problems can be solved by some specialist. Um, definitely, uh, mental health mental health issues can be can be dealt with. Majority of mental health issues can be dealt with through professionals. But the less, um, the, the, if you have family around you, have friends around you, you have people who who volunteer to tell you, listen, let's ha let's talk to me about this, right? Like you said, uh, in Islam, it's 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 your right to to receive advice. For somebody, if somebody can, once you ask for it, once you ask for it, right? But when it's left to professionals, the professionals, it's one hour service. Yeah. It's Everything a, is one hour. It's, yeah, it, it's not a, uh, it, it's a, it's a contractual relationship. It's monitor, you know? monitor it, it, yeah. It's, it's not, it's not, it's not a social or a, a Hua type of relationship, no, right? No. Definitely, and and there is no way the person is going to call you call you up in your home and say, "How are you doing today?" Right? Yeah. You come to me uh, when 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 you're ready to see me again, and let me know who's paying for the service if it's not you directly, right? Yeah. And um, so there are so many barriers because again, people are separated because everybody needs to work on their own so we can all pay taxes so the capitalist system can keep going. Uh, um, so that is that is a big. Uh, big problem in people's lives. People are not finding advice and there is no trust. Um, the only person that, that is trusted is the one who is providing prof professional services because they have the vow of confidentiality. I mean, depending on their, uh, uh, on their, on their profession. When in Islam, we are told not to, not to divulge anybody's secret, not to divulge your own secret, your own sins yeah. that you do, that you should not be saying it outside. Allah does not like uh, publicizing anything that is evil, whether it's from you yes. or from somebody else. Because what happens, you make somebody else feeling com feel comfortable that, oh, I was doing that. Yes. I thought I was alone, but I'm not alone. So what happens? Evil spreads. 
you see? Yes. So, um, and I'm advising the ones that have brothers and sisters and families not to, um, usually human beings generally, Muslim or not, are willing, if they know that you, 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 you respect their opinion, they're willing to give opinions, right? But it's not about opinion, but if you tell somebody, listen, I'm suffering, they will say, talk to me, I'm ready to listen. Many people can provide that ear, right? And uh, we, we cannot, we, we, should, we, should, we should provide that to our brothers and sisters and relatives and anyone who wants to, who, who needs it, because it's important, because the safety of one human being uh, is a, has a ripple effect of bringing safety to everybody, right? One yeah. person being, being hurt, it hurts everyone. And it could have yes. been me, it could have been you, who thought yes. this was going to happen in, in Nova Scotia, right? The last, yeah. the, the, the worst um, uh, murder of people in, in, in Canada, you know, mm. uh, in, 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 in that kind of period. So yeah. Yeah, we, we should be there for one another. And sometimes we think people are not ready to listen to us or so, to say hello to us. But society is, society is telling us that individuals really we are all good by nature. Nobody's mm. born evil, and I've tried it many times. I've even said to to people hello twice because the first yes. time you think maybe they didn't hear it because they never expected yeah. it. But when they yes. hear it properly, they go yeah, and they raise their head and they smile and they raise their hand, and uh, yeah. it's, it, it looks like it, it feels like an old friend, right? Yes. You know, you go into the elevator. The etiquette is to look at the numbers. Yeah. So you don't you don't look into anybody's eyes. So you don't you don't threaten people. Yeah. I go into yeah. the elevator. I say hello, and uh, yes. sometimes people answer. Most times, yeah. I think there's people sometimes walk. people are afraid they might get lost in your eyes, Sheikh. Well, well, <laughs> no, me, me, I know why people are afraid. It's like, is, he gonna, is he a technician in this elevator? Is going to lock it? You know, the black guy is here with me. What am I going to do if he attacks me? <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, it's it's bizarre. It's bizarre yeah. with, with yeah. each other, right? And that has yeah. to break. That yeah. has to break. Um, yeah. And you know, and you know, I, I truly believe that, Sheikh. Like people, sometimes they they look at some of um, these seemingly very simple approaches, which we basically, you know, we've we become disconnected from and they think, oh, that's too simplistic. And they think they make everything more complicated than it is. But I've seen it with my own eyes. Like I've experienced it. Like I've, I've, I spoke with a brother, for example, who was like almost going to become like arch enemies with another brother. He was going to become arch enemies. He's like, I've been so nice to him, this, this. And he didn't say salam to me. He's like, that's it. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to cut off. Like he was so emotional, like as if, if this brother was in front of him, he would have like, you know, knocked him out. You know, I said, no, man, give me, give him uh, the benefit of the doubt. Uh, I, I'm sure you're building it up in his in mind. People's minds can be in different places. You don't know where he was at. I found out later that this brother didn't have his contacts in, so he wasn't seeing very well. So it looked like he was ignoring this other brother, or he's being very rude to him. But actually, he he didn't have his contacts and he didn't see anything. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but but yeah, like people, but people overlook giving people benefit of the doubt, looking at something yeah, yeah. from somebody else's perspective, not yeah. getting too upset, not get you know falling too much in love with someone, not getting too upset with someone. See these simple things, connecting a dini and nasiha. These yeah. simple things, it could like literally save like like not this situation. I'm saying like this is uh, Allahu Adam. What could happen yeah. if this guy had a bigger brother? 
who was very close to him and saw him and grabbed him and maybe gave him a pounding. Said, "Get this stupid." Maybe that could have stopped it. Who knows? Allah yeah, yeah, yeah. But sometimes simple things can make a big effect. You know, sometimes giving a smile, as you said, Sheikh, and saying hello to that somebody, maybe yeah. that person was like having suicidal thoughts, and within an instant they completely forgot about why they were they were on that path. Yeah. You know what I mean? Will yeah. it do everything? No. Like, will it solve everything? But no. will it help society as a whole be better and more resilient? Yes. Oh, definitely. And and you know, the the greeting is so powerful. The greeting is yes. so powerful. Um, when I moved to my to my new neighborhood. Um, which, which you have seen, um, my neighbor um, up came uh, with um, brought some things from from his garden and give and give and give to me, mm. right? And um, and he's he's living alone. I, it really impressed me more than once he did, right? Of course, we, we also tried to return the favor, and I remember inviting them during Eid, and I found a lady there. I don't know if that lady was uh, his his wife, whatever the relationship was, right? Maybe daughter or something, because. Uh, so it's, it's an older gentleman. And um, this lady turned out to having come from Israel mm -hmm. and knows everything about Eid. And we started a long conversation, the longest oh. conversation I ever ha had in my neighborhood. You know? Yes. Like Rasulullah said, Afala adulukum ala shayin in fa'al tumut hababtum afshus salam bainakum. Shouldn't I give you something if you do it, you love each other? Spread this, this greeting of peace amongst you. We know how effective that is in Muslim community, and everybody knows also when you say hello to people, how much how much love you are you are triggering in them, right? Yes. Even if they sit with it, but they will know this person is a good neighbor, right? Mm. This person is a good neighbor. So we should really um, come out of this isolation that's that this that society is putting us in because we are all isolated. Every single person yeah. needs the other person, but nobody wants to say it first. Yes. See, yeah, we should really uh, get out of this and just say hello to our neighbors. You say it once, they don't answer you. Say it two times, uh, three times. In the end, they will know you are not on drugs. You're really trying just to connect. Yes. Right? So, yeah. yeah, we should try it, especially as, as Muslims. I think we, we should. Because uh, like the Prophet Sallallahu said, your Muslim brother has two rights on you. Your non-Muslim your non-Muslim uh, fellow human being has more than two rights on you, has three rights on you, right? The neighborhood right is there as well. So we should really not close ourselves in, and we should at least just give the word of hello. It costs nothing. It costs yes. nothing. And one thing we can promise ourselves is nobody will slap you for saying hello to them, or nobody will call yeah. the police on you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's important. Well, they just don't drive slow in their neighborhoods, right? No, no, no. Uh, no uh, well, <laughs> I'll be in my neighborhood, but not in other neighborhoods any longer, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know yeah, what to don't... do, though, if I'm looking for an address. Like, if you speed... Yeah. yeah. Are you going to do it? <laughs> and, and if you stop to ask for directions, that might be even more dangerous. <laughs> you know, Sheikh, you, you can't win. You can't win. You, you know, Sheikh, I, I want to leave off on a good note. Um, I heard some very amazing news that uh, there is something that is happening. Even though uh, you are not able to go to the masajid, there is something happening at Maghrib every day. In Halifax, correct? What's 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 the special thing that's happening at Maghrib oh, wow. besides you opening your fast? Because that's very very special. Yes, yes, but, wow. <laughs> yeah. So yes. what's 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 special happening in Halifax? Yes, amazing. Uh, just a couple of days ago, um, uh, we we reached out to the city 
uh, because we, 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 we learned that in other cities around the world, they are allowing Muslims to make adhan uh, publicly. So we reached out to the city and the city wrote back saying, we could go ahead and make adhan at Maghrib time. So the adhan was uh, from many masajid in the air of Halifax uh, these past days and it has been. And um, it was amazing. Uh, it was subhanAllah. Um, never, never, I never thought this would happen. Uh, yes. But uh, yes, it did happen and it was really pleasing to the heart. And um, we're hoping that, um, because yeah, I, I don't I don't have a description for it, but it was really, really uh, something good. So we, we're making Adhan, Adhan now at Maghrib time uh, during this sure. Ramadan. Uh, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. So the loudspeaker goes out and we make a beautiful Adhan. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and everybody's hearing it and neighbors are curious. Yes. And, uh, yes. That's that's the good news. Yeah, that's beautiful. That, yeah. That's beautiful, Sheikh. Like for uh, you know, this is a mercy I believe from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, like a, a gift uh, mm. for your community after going through such tragedy, mm. already being in lockdown, mm. uh, having to be disconnected during the month of Ramadan, because that's a way people heal too, right? When a community goes through tragedy, yeah. Yeah. that uh, they heal by being in the presence of one another. So okay. something like this definitely can help boost and uplift the spirits, yeah. not only for the Muslim community, but for the community at large, because maybe that'll yeah. cause them to connect with Muslims and then they can get some of these deeper lessons mm -hmm. and the meaning of Ramadan and some mm -hmm. of the benefits that we experience. They can also uh, be a witness to that, inshallah, or experience yeah. that as well. Yeah. So, and, and one thing I want to add, add there also, one of our Imams was called along with um, the um, leaders in the churches and the premier and there was an interfaith prayer that they did together uh, virtually um, mm. which, is, um, which, which is a good thing because uh, in, in Halifax here the community is, is very is very well connected with, with other with other communities when the other tragedy happened here last year I think it is now when the seven Syrian Syrian children died uh, you couldn't tell who was a Muslim who wasn't who belonged to the family who didn't Everybody came mm -hmm. together. Uh, volunteers, um, companies provided buses to take people to the burial ground. Uh, mm -hmm. Some company provided space. So it was just, um, uh, we've had many occasions where we've come together with the communities. When the Syrian crisis happened, I uh, remember our center came together with other Muslims and churches and uh, raised up to over $200,000 to bring mm -hmm. uh, families uh, from, from Syria. So this has been also another opportunity uh, it will it will it will not be everything for the for the families of the victims but um it has it has become another opportunity also for people to to look closer into one another's eyes and say um we are all human beings we are all in this together and it could have been you it could have been me yeah alhamdulillah i i really appreciate that about you sheikh because you've experienced a lot of hate you've experienced a lot of ignorance and you have grown beyond that you you have risen beyond that and above that and mm -hmm. that i think is a lesson and something that we can all learn from is that somebody who has been on the receiving end of abuse of prejudice shows the true strength of character and that obviously is powered by uh you know alhamdulillah iman that's that's given to us by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this powerful iman that you have that's been able to show in the face of this ignorance you know you could you could 
uh, you could be somebody who's just completely bitter, a chip on your shoulder after experiencing this from police, from airlines, from, you know, so many different types of people just sitting there in Tim Hortons. These are all real stories, by the way, for our listeners. These are all real stories. Like, you know, whether you're sitting at, at Tim Hortons, whether you're flying in a plane, whether you're driving, you're you're getting all this hate that's uh, your way, this ignorance, and it takes strength of character. It takes the quality uh, and the commitment to your dean to be able to rise above that. And so I really appreciate that about you, Sheikh. And that's why I really love spending time with you and having conversations like this. And I hope people, inshallah ta'ala, can benefit from that and see that we have examples amongst us. We don't just have examples from our glorious history, but we have examples amongst us of how we can, in our own way, rise above and be better. Akhi, you've lifted me too much. Jazakallah khair. Make dua for me, inshallah. Make dua for me. Yeah, I admire uh, you and all your, bro- all your brothers and your family. I can't say enough about you to my own family and to people whom I know. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless all of us and, and our circles and all the brothers that work with I you. Mean, I know very well uh, what, what, you, what you're doing. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us, bless you, give you much khair, much goodness in this dunya and accept all our worship. Barakallahu fika akhi. Jazamah khair, Sheikh. And uh, we, once again, thank Jazamah khair, our Sheikh, for coming on to the podcast. Uh, reminder to everyone, our next podcast will be this Saturday. We have a special guest planned. Uh, one of my old school shiuch, inshallah, will be there. Uh, a PhD in Asur al-Fiqh, inshallah ta'ala, this Saturday's podcast. So stay tuned uh, for that. Uh, until then, we live by the haq. We die by the haq. Just when you think life is stuck, tune in to Life Haq. Jazamah khair. Assalamu alaikum. Warahmatullahi Do I feel that the New York police are providing enough protection or do I have to have protection of my own? I look for protection from Allah.